0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Binary Atlas podcast. In today's show, uh, Brandy and I will be reliving, going over basically Apple's uh, 2023 Developers Conference keynote speech. In those keynotes, they go over all the new stuff coming out, both technology hardware and software-wise. So this, we try to keep it around 30 minutes. Uh, we'll try to do the same on this, and it might go a little over because there was a lot to unpack at this event. Uh, we'll start with the big ticket items first and then roll it down to some of the smaller things. So the biggest release is obviously their virtual reality, augmented reality health headset. They ended up calling it the Apple Vision Pro. Uh, they touted it as their entry into spatial computing. It blends digital content with the physical world. Uh, allows users to uh, enjoy content, but still see the space around them. It had, you know, all kinds of features. It is a worn headset. It's not a pair of glasses and stuff like that. It's an actual full virtual reality, augmented reality goggles style headset. Has a battery pack uh, that uh, has a cord that goes onto the side. You can also plug it directly into power if you're sitting at your desk. It had a lot of really cool features that went along with it Um, for me and when it comes to production value, I guess when it comes to work, I really enjoyed being able to have multiple screens in your space. You could place them anywhere you want in your room. You could take what's happening on your Mac and detach it from your Mac and put it in a giant 4K screen in your space. What were some of the things that stood out to you? Um,
1: I just was thinking of some of the things that it might be useful for, not necessarily for me, but I'm thinking about um, it could be useful for people who want to take a 3D tour of a facility, mm-hmm. such as for a real estate market or somebody you know, interviewing for a job at a company that's far away from them. Maybe they could take a virtual tour of the space. Um, I could see it being great for um, industrial reasons as far as production um, and just a lot of different things like that. Yeah. Now, I don't see this as something the average consumer would have at this point, maybe later when it's uh, not quite so expensive, but right now I yeah, could see so, this for business.
0: So uh, when I looked at they showed, they showed a business example during the presentation. Uh, I'm not in this kind of business, but if you're an architect or a designer, Engineer. engineer, something like that, and someone has sent you a 3D file, hey, I've got the latest rendering of the park that we're wanting to build or whatever, right? It showed the person grabbing that file, dropping it on their desk, and it rendering and popping up in 3D, right? So they can actually see that product. It showed somebody looking at the design of a car. It showed... Someone looking at a uh, actual moving three D representation of a production line. They were designing a production line with machinery and things like that. So I thought that was great. Um, the price is thirty four ninety nine, so it's going to be thirty five hundred dollars when it launches. Uh,
1: yes, which is quite expensive. It's expensive. It's really I mean, it's expensive. It's more than my first two cars put together what yeah. I paid for them, uh, just you know, in perspective. Of course that was years ago, but um, it's not something that your average consumer I think no. is going to be able to have right now. Now maybe you're going to see a few celebrities uh, using this to play games so, or- So
0: I kind of thought of it this way. I think you'll see the average consumer using it, but it depends on their unique situation, right? Like, you know, Like we're a family, right? I got my wife, two kids you can't share the experience. It's whoever's wearing it, right? So it's not like you're going to be able to buy this and on family movie night, everybody watch the 100, 200 feet screen in the living room with the movie plane. Well, not
1: unless you are, you know, celebrity level rich. But um, I'm just
0: saying, you know, you you buy one, you get one headset. Now, if you are a single person, right? It's just you. Then instead of buying the $1,000, $2,000 TV, you put that money toward this and it's your TV viewing experience, right? If you are a kind of artist or you work on a computer with a rendering, so you need a 4K computer monitor, right? 4K community, computer monitor can run from 1500 to $3,000 by themselves, right? A really good high resolution mm-hmm. monitor, And right? that's not
1: even including the computer itself. No, yeah,
0: not the, the computer. So, you buy this and that replaces a second thing. So now you've replaced two items in your home with something that does all of it. So I could kind of see some some give and takes on, on a budget if you have a unique situation that it applies to. Yes. But that's not gonna apply to everybody.
1: Well, and that, I mean, it's it's a little far reaching for some people, I would think, because if they're seriously on a very strict budget, they may just forego having something like this entirely. Um, but I mean, I could see it being an interesting experience, um, helpful for people who are working on their own. If anyone had some type of a job where they needed to share something, uh, with someone in the same room with them, then this would not be helpful for that unless the other person had a headset.
0: Yeah. Um, now that, now- They say in the future, they say in 2025, they'll probably come out with a cheaper version of this. Um, I see this. Basically, I think what Apple has done here and what they always do, they have an expensive product to enter a space. Right. And then as a couple of years go on, they'll iterate on that device. The price will come down. I personally think their whole take on spatial computing is awesome. I think it's going to be a really cool next couple of years to see how that flushes out.
1: It will be interesting to watch for sure.
0: All right. So we talked about that. Let's move on to the next product. So another product they introduced was the 15-inch MacBook Air. Uh, so up until this point, kind of their entry-level MacBook was the MacBook Air. Uh, it was a 13-inch. Yes, laptop. which is
1: actually the the computer I have. Yeah, which is a great um, computer. It is. And it was... Um, inexpensive compared to other options when I was looking for a new computer.
0: So they're nice. So I think the one Brandy has was $9.99.
1: I think mine was $8.99 because we had an educational discount um, because my husband does work for um, a private high school. But
0: it's the the M1. It's Apple Silicon. It's not the Intel based, right? Uh, Basically what they've done is they've increased the screen size. They've bumped it up to the M2 chip, which is their latest... Mm-hmm. Uh, m2 there's yes chip
1: well and what really stood out to me was up to 18 hours of battery life that's incredible yeah um, especially you know when you have you need the functionality of a laptop you don't always uh, need, you know you don't always have the option to plug it in as often as you would like and having that 18 hours of battery life would be very helpful.
0: Yeah, it's uh, 12 times faster than their Intel-based MacBook Air, which is not the M1, but the one, the generation before that, where they still use Intel chips. And it's twice, of course they say this, but they don't give specific specs. They say it's twice as fast as the best-selling 15-inch PC laptop with a Core i7 processor. Now. They don't say what <laughs> brand that is. So basically they're they're comparing it to, if you were to go spec out a 15 inch laptop and not put anything extra on it and it had an i7 processor, this would be double the speed of that. Yes. And I do not doubt that because I have a MacBook Pro for my main unit. It has an M1 Max chip and it blazes. I can throw any workload I want at it and I have no problems whatsoever. So yes. I don't doubt their numbers here.
1: Yes, and yours is the 15 inch. Um, mm-hmm. The reason I chose, well, I, if I would have gotten a MacBook Pro, I also would have chosen the 13 inch simply for um, just the ease of carrying it for me. I like something a little lighter weight.
0: See, mine was more as a desktop replacement. I didn't worry yes. about portability. I knew I would want to. Sometimes I would go out the deck and work with it. But uh, at my office, I have a Mac Studio, which we're going to be talking about here in just a second. And then I have an iPad I use for most of my Mm -hmm. light portable stuff that I do around the office. Uh, Apple also debuted two new uh, lineups. They uh, added an upgrade to the Mac Studio, which if you've seen a Mac Studio, they're like a Mac Mini, but they're about a double stack. They're taller, Mm -hmm. right? There is a big brick. Um, They updated it with the M2 chips, and also, they debuted the Mac Pro. Now, the Mac Studio with the M2 Ultra is, again, it's the biggest honking chip they've ever put out. It's got 24 CPU cores, up to 76 GPU cores, a 32-core neural engine, and you can support up to 192 gigabytes of memory. Now, the, to give you a baseline of what the difference with these two machines are, your Mac Studio, you spec it out with the memory you want on it and everything and then it is what it is. Exactly. Right? You but can't diff- put cards in it.
1: Yeah, you can't uh, you can't customize you that can't, one it, after limited. you bought
0: it. The Mac Pro on the other hand is their giant unit that the case slides off and you got PCI expansion slots on the inside where you can add things like and this is more for professional people and you guys listening might be in this crowd but like video production, right? So you're in a video production studio and you have coax lines coming in from all the cameras on set. Well, you gotta have a special, what's called a BNC capture card that converts those. That's a PCI card, right? That's a specialized thing. Well, you could put that in this Mac Pro. Uh, So that's why they did there. Uh, So you got your Mac Studio, which is probably your Workhorse computer for most people. Then you got your Mac Pro, which is going to be your high-end mm-hmm. computer. And the Mac Pro starts out at seven thousand dollars. Yeah. So. so that's
1: something you know I could see with, well, like you said, video production, audio production, uh, television studios.
0: Yeah. Uh, so the so in my like my that. mind, if you are and to give you a, a a baseline of how this works, right? How people think about this is like if you're working with video, right? You, you produce video, right? You're doing graphics effects, you're working with 8K video and all that kind of stuff. The amount of time it takes you to render that video, the faster it can render, the faster you can move on to your next project and make more money.
1: Exactly. Right,
0: so that's where these high-end computers come from. This new Mac Studio or this Mac Pro with these M2 Ultra chips. If you really were trying to get the most bang for your buck when it comes to your production time, then you get these machines, and that's what they're for. They're for the guys doing video production, audio production on a much bigger scale than what your average consumer does. All right, so the next thing they announced was they talked about the new features on iOS 17. So I'm gonna read a couple of them just right off the cuff, and then we'll go back and we'll talk about them. So you have name drop, uh, a new AirDrop feature, lets users easily share their phone number and photos with another person. You have a journaling app. That lets you reflect on your day and practice gratitude. You have the new standby mode, which is a new full screen experience that shows personal information at a glance. So let's break this down. So, um, before we talk about those things, things they have a new contact card, right? iOS seventeen is going to allow you to have this full screen contact card for yourself that you build. It can have your picture on it. It can have your emoji. Uh, on it, it can have your information in different fonts. Mm-hmm. You get to choose the fonts and all of that stuff your name's in. And it's basically this big giant, it's a very visually appealing contact card. It,
1: it's like a baseball card of the iPhone. I mean, you're, it's a digital business card, really. You can put whatever you want on it. And yeah. I thought that was neat. You get to control yeah. what others So beforehand,
0: see. what would happen was, if, it's like if Brandy's sitting here next to me and I, and I want to get her contact information, she would either tell it to me and I type it in, or she would select her contacts in her contacts list and then share it with me and send it over to me. Well, with this, all we have to do is get our phones close together, name drop pops up, we both see each other on the screens and I can choose what information I want to send and the contacts automatically share between our phones.
1: Yes, it was really nice. It's the, basically the phones get to kiss and you know, exchange that information.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the journaling app. So I'm not a big journaler. Brandy might have more insight on this.
1: Well, it's just a neat way to reflect on your day as it's happening. Uh, their journaling app allows you to add photos or short videos. And then you can do voice to text. You can actually probably even record a voice message
0: to yourself. So it kind of works from what I now Tell me if I'm wrong, because you watched the same thing I did. From what it looked like is that it works in the background without you doing anything all day. And then when you launch it for the day, it's going to give you a list of all the stuff you've done throughout the day, including pictures, music you've listened to, Places yes. you've been and then you can sit here and pick and choose what you would like to talk about and exactly. write your journal.
1: Yes. Like if it shows that, you know, you completed a workout, you can talk about the workout. If you listen to a song during the workout, you can you know talk about why you chose that particular song. Um, if you visited maybe a tourist attraction, you can go back and reflect on that and it'll show you the pictures you took while you were at the location. I think it'll be a neat feature just for general people who want to journal and be more mindful or authors like myself who hear something interesting, an interesting tidbit or a piece of a conversation that sparks their creativity. They can quickly jot down some ideas.
0: So I'm looking at the next thing here. That was pretty much the highlights for iOS 17. Uh, They did do an iPad uh, update here. I'm trying to bring up some of that. Because I don't think I wrote down my notes very well. So I wrote down, so they're gonna do quick notes. So quick notes is a way that you can be in any app and you can quickly jot down notes on that app or based on that app, things like that.
1: Yeah, well, and they also touted the iPads as being a very good um, tool for learning, either for um, high school, elementary students, college students. Um, I especially liked all the features they had with the PDFs for the iPad. Those uh, allowed you to annotate those PDFs. You could also use the notes feature on the iPad. And attach multiple PDF files to the same note so that you could keep yeah. your study materials together. And
0: they shared with another student.
1: Yes, you could And they were share. both
0: writing at the same time, filling in the answers.
1: They were. So that that was helpful with the new um, iOS for that iPad. So it, it was pretty interesting. Um, I'm anxious to see what happens with that because a lot of people use these for, um, you know, learning and some schools are using iPads. I mean,
0: I use the iPad and the pencil at work with uh, free, I think the FreeNote, Freestyle, whatever that new app is, I'm having a brain fart. But I use it all the time to write notes. And I'm in a meeting, it's really nice to Mm -hmm. write down notes with it. Yes, and our
1: daughter uses it to draw. She likes to draw on the iPad. Um,
0: So the lock screen is another thing that really got or is going to get a new bump when iPad uh, OS 17 comes out uh, this fall. Um, Basically it's, they've made it much more customizable on the lock screen. There's always been widgets, little things that you could glance and, and do things with, but you were, Limited to having them inside of that once you unlock the iPad, having them on one of the home screens. But now you can actually add those widgets to the lock screen so you can get glanceable information on the lock screen.
1: Yeah, so you can get more than just the time and date. You could see the weather. You could see um, the status of your Uber Eats order or, you know, Bite Squad, DoorDash, whatever is prevalent in your area. You can customize the background. You can actually put a live photo on it and it will turn it into a slow-motion
0: yeah, type. Yeah, they use machine learning to turn it into slow-motion so that as your iPad wakes up, it kind of does a slow-motion. Some of it was cool.
1: It was pretty neat. So especially The astronomy used, one was kind of neat. Yeah, so if you're using your iPad as like a home hub or something, you can have it have a pretty screen for you.
0: Yeah, now uh, speaking of the home hub part, so that kind of brings us to this is a feature not only for iPad OS, but it's gonna be for iOS as well. And that is the new uh, lock screen control screen that they're gonna have. So they've made it to where, when you're not using your iPhone, if you put it into landscape, like you flip your phone sideways, right? And you dock it, like on a mag uh, dock, you'll get a little clock, mm-hmm. or you'll get some calendar information. There, it's configurable, right? It's yes. basically this little dock. Uh,
1: Yes. And it learns your habits. Um, It reads the light in the room. So if it's nighttime, you won't have that bright screen. You'll have like the soothing red screen of the clock if you need to use it in that way. Now, I'm curious, though, will that only be available if it's uh, on a mag type charger, or will it work if it's just turned in landscape? We don't
0: know yet. There's been some people that have experimented with the beta and they're getting it to work without the mag. Okay, Cause Uh, it's like,
1: you know, not all of us are gonna want to purchase a brand new charger. So
0: yeah, how I see it and what it would be kind of neat. So um, say you're walking into the living room and you dock it and all your home controls pull up, right? Mm -hmm. So you have it sitting next to you so you could control your lights. If you got Apple HomeKit stuff, of Mm -hmm. course, you can control your lights and your TV and all that kind of stuff right there. It's dockable, right? Uh, You can do the same thing with an iPad. So if you have like a household iPad, whenever it's not in use and it's docked and charging, you could use it as the same thing as the home hub control Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, so that was pretty neat. Well, and some of the other cool things I thought as far as the um, iOS were the ability to... Like, basically, it will transcribe your voice. Oh, yeah,
0: you love that part because you use it a lot. Yes,
1: I do. It will, well, it'll transcribe, like, if somebody sends you a small um, audio file, it will transcribe it for you because you may not always have access to listen to something.
0: Yeah. And I don't usually use that feature much at all. <laughs> no, so, but you the, have
1: in the past. And I mean, I I don't know if I'm old school or what, but I get annoyed when I click on an article that I'm prepared to read and it's a video. It just irritates me because I'm not wanting a video. I want to read. And it feels the same way when I get sent an audio file. Sometimes I just don't want to listen. I just want to read.
0: read it, yeah. And then now it also so that also works with so let's say you don't want to ask your your phone, someone's leaving a voicemail, the mm-hmm. new live voicemail feature will dictate that message on your lock screen.
1: Well, and when he says dictate, it, it doesn't well, actually text say to it speech to you. To text. It will, um,
0: transcribe. I'm yes, sorry. it will. Trans- yes,
1: it will transcribe it silently for you so that you can read it and determine if you want to answer or if you want to tell Jessica that you are very happy with your car's extended warranty as it
0: is, <laughs> so yes, yeah, um, so, so you can actually either answer the call, go ahead and pick it up while they're leaving the voicemail, just take over and go ahead and pick it up or you can just let them leave the voicemail and move on.
1: Yes, and this is basically, you know, for those of you who are old enough, this is what you used to do to screen your calls when you had that old answering machine with a cassette tape in it. You could (laughs) listen, and as they're leaving their message, you could pick it up and say, oh, hey, and and talk to them. So this, it's a new feature for iPhone, not necessarily a new feature in the world.
0: So some of the other things that come along with both iOS uh 16 or 17 and iPad OS 17. So you've got, we talked about the widgets. We talked about okay, so interactive widgets. Now let me see if I can explain this. So what it is is if you have a widget before now, let's say on the screen I had the to do widget, right? That was lists all the things I needed to do today. Right. I couldn't click on that and mark it as done on the widget. If I click the widget, it would open up the to do application. Then I could go in and select the task I've completed and mark it as complete, right? With these new widgets, you'll be able to mark that task as complete from the widget, never having opened the app.
1: Yeah, which is especially helpful if you use your iPad or your iPhone, like for a grocery list or a list for work. Just being able to click on it as you do things is very helpful.
0: Yeah, They also talked about messages a lot. Um, so they've redesigned messages somewhat. So your little menu that you can pop up on the bottom where you can choose pictures to insert or m- emojis and all that kind of stuff that has going to, that is going to move to a pop up menu. That's going to kind of go up the screen, a little bit of a different design. Uh, they talked a lot about stickers.
1: Yes. This one. They'll have stickers that you can download, of course, from different places. You can create your own sticker. Um, you can even create uh, an animated sticker if you have a live yeah. photo or a short portion of so, video. So I
0: don't know how many of you have tried this. You can do this to you can do this today. You can lift things out of a photo, yes. right? I've so if I've got a picture of my dog, if I hold my finger on the dog, the software will realize I'm wanting just the dog out of the picture. He's sleeping back behind me right now. Uh, it will lift him out of the picture and I can paste that and drop it into any other app, and it's just a picture of my dog with the background cut out, right? You can do that today. What they're doing now is they're gonna say, not only can I lift that subject out, but I can turn it into a permanent sticker that lives in my sticker gallery, and I can use it anywhere, Mm -hmm. right? And if I have, like Brandy said, a, a video, Or a live photo? Like I don't use live photos much. I I don't either. Either, but (laughs) this—they annoy
1: me. They annoy me so much, especially (laughs) when I get a text message from somebody and it's a live photo. I'm like, why? Why?
0: This might this might be a little spur to use it more often because you can lift the live subject out, Mm -hmm. and their sticker is like an animated GIF.
1: Yes. So that makes sense in this context.
0: Let's see. So.
1: Well, and then there's also some new safety features that were talked about in iOS, um, a check-in feature where you can send a friend or a family member, loved one, um, your anticipated arrival time at a location. And it allows them to access you and be able to see when you have reached that destination. If for some reason you are running late, you can add time to it. And then if you don't show up at your destination in the allotted amount of time, it alerts your basically safety contact and they are able to see where you were last seen, check the battery status on your phone to see if they need to call you or you know if they feel like something's wrong, they can notify the authorities. It shows
0: your battery level, your cell phone signal level, and it shows what I liked was your footprints. So it'll actually say you had to walk two blocks right? It actually shows little blue dots of the path that you took, mm-hmm. right? So that if something goes wrong, I can call the police say, hey, my friend didn't show up at their destination. This is the path they took because you please send a unit to go check on them. Yes, right?
1: exactly. I mean, I could see this being used by parents um, needing to keep track of those teenagers who know everything. You know what I'm talking about, people. Um, <laughs> you know, the It's just a nice feature, especially if you're a single person and, you know, maybe you're in a new city by yourself. It might be helpful to let somebody know your comings and goings just for safety. So I I really like that feature.
0: Yeah. So the next thing we're going to talk about is FaceTime. There have been some minor uh, modifications to FaceTime. So I don't I've used FaceTime. Not all the time, but there have been several occasions. Like when I call my parents, I'll call with a FaceTime call so I, they can see we can see each other. If you call someone on a FaceTime call and they don't answer, today it just hangs up, right? You gotta try to call them back later. They'll show a missed call, but that's all you get to do. Starting with uh, the new operating system, you'll be able to leave a video voicemail. Mm-hmm. So when they see that they've missed a call, they'll actually be able to bring up and play the video you left them.
1: So that'll be especially helpful if, you know, the grandparents want to see the grandkids and they need to send a message. So that's that's pretty neat. And then um, I thought it was pretty neat that using either an iPad or an iPhone that you could access um, through your Apple TV, you could use that as your video yes, screen that's for a coming, FaceTime call.
0: That's coming next too. So... Right now, they have this thing called continuity camera. I've used it myself. So on my Mac, if I launch any kind of app that asks for a video source, a Zoom call, FaceTime, uh, if I'm streaming video games with OBS, uh, it sees that my iPhone is connected to the same network that my Mac is. I can turn my iPhone into landscape and it picks up the camera on my iPhone which is in general a much better camera, right, than what I have on my laptop, right, and lets me use that camera inside of the Zoom call or whatever. So they are extending that, that you can use that on FaceTime. So if I start a FaceTime call on my Mac, I can use the camera from my iPhone. If I want to, I can go to my Apple TV. After this update, I can start the FaceTime call from my Apple TV on the big screen in my living room, and it will pick up the camera on my phone, and I can set my camera over on the, on the entertainment center. Yes, and well, I and it's the, also
1: doing your audio from the yes, phone. Yes,
0: doing the microphone too. So I can do all that. So you can do FaceTime on the Apple TV now. That's kind of how they're doing it with that continuity camera feature.
1: Yes, and some of the other things they were adding were like ways to do reactions. Like if you make certain hand gestures, it will throw confetti around or, you know, different things like that, which, you know, will be fun for some people.
0: Yeah, so that's like, it shows a guy giving two thumbs up and fireworks start going off behind him. Now, if you're a business person, now we at my office use Zoom.
1: My office uses um, Microsoft Teams.
0: But there are some companies that go all in on Apple and they do FaceTime group calls. Is there, is there way, that's how they conference call, right? Mm -hmm. They have a way to where if you're giving a presentation, it will cut you out of your background And it will slide in your presentation in behind you and then put your background in behind the presentation so that while you're talking, you can actually be giving a slideshow presentation.
1: Yes. Well, and they had another one where your face is a little less intrusive, where you're put like in a little round uh, bubble that can be moved to the top or the bottom, depending on your presentation.
0: Now they say... Now, of course, I'll have to play with this when the new operating systems come out, but they say that this feature isn't just for FaceTime anymore, that they are going to extend that to where any video software can do it. Because basically the Zoom call, even though they have their own share capabilities built into the software, they're still using the video feed from your computer. So if Apple does that on that end, you won't need to do that share thing with Zoom. You could just do it through the video camera. We'll have to see how that plays out and how that works. I'll keep you guys updated on that. So they talked a lot about the Health app. Um, Basically, the Health app is pretty much the same except for the fact that they are now going to put the Health app on your iPad. The biggest draw to that is a much larger screen real estate in order for you to browse your health data, right? The, 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 the you, If you have an Apple Watch, that's gathering data. Your phone's gathering data. Usually you would go to your iPhone to look at the health app. But now it's going to be on iPad so that you can actually run through all your different health categories and get much more in-depth data analysis. If the, if you're into that, I don't use it a ton. I mean, I use the health app. I keep track of my steps. I keep track of my exercise, uh, my stand, and I try to close my rings every day if I can. Um, but this is going to be just another in-depth thing when it comes to looking at your health data.
1: Yes. And they had some neat features about mental health where it, um, it, it would be available on the iPhone or the iPad um, where you can take mental health screenings and talk about how you feel, you know, depression, anxiety screenings, and you can... You know, talk about how you feel that day, the triggers you might have experienced so that if you're looking for patterns, you'll be able to see those and you can share those with your therapist if needed or just reflect on it yourself.
0: So it's a it's a good check to see if you need to go talk to somebody.
1: Exactly. And then um, vision health. Um, They are doing some things to help protect your vision as far as a screen distance warning that, you know, if they feel like you're holding the screen too closely. This is especially helpful for children. Um, <laughs> it will let you know, and it will also, um, you know, change and encourage your children to spend time outdoors as well. Yeah.
0: And I didn't really realize that, that, that it was recommended that you spend so much time in sunlight mm-hmm. in order to keep your eyes healthy. I didn't realize that myself, but that's good to know. And they're going to basically just kind of help you with this kind of stuff, just like they do with the screen time, telling you, you've on your phone, So long in
1: a day. Well, and some of these same like health features are going to be available on the watch, especially as far as you know if you spend enough time outdoors, and um, if your child has an Apple Watch, it will help log, you know, if they've spent enough time outdoors and different things like that. So that's always
0: helpful. So another great feature we uh, we kind of covered the annotating PDFs and things like that. They are going to add in autofill. Mm-hmm. So they're going to use machine learning to automatically detect all the fields in a PDF and then help you fill it out.
1: Yes. Well, I thought they had already done that. I guess. No, I didn't they don't realize that okay. you can
0: you can write on it. And, I, and now Adobe, I think, does this with okay. their app. But this is gotcha. something this built is in. built
1: in. OK, that makes yeah.
0: sense. And we've talked about how you can share notes with people and do collaborative note taping. We've already talked over that. Yes, That's great. Yes, well,
1: and they're upgrading Safari a little bit, too, to help with it being a really fast browser and um, helping with this sharing of passwords, um, making it so a little easier. you
0: got two branches here. So Safari, they're going to make it to where you can have profiles. So you can have a work profile and you can have a home profile. So what that does is that if I switch to my work profile, it's gonna open up and have bookmarks and stuff that are related to my work, right? If I switch it to a personal profile, it's gonna have bookmarks and tabs open that is related to what I like to do on the side. Uh, The biggest thing, like like Brandy just mentioned, was the password thing. So we ended up, we used uh, the iCloud passwords for quite a while. Uh, It got kind of cumbersome because I could share a password with Brandy and Brandy could share a password with me. But if we change the password, that didn't change the password we shared, right? So if I shared Brandy the password to our banking website, but I went in and changed it, I went to share it with her again because it wasn't linked. It was a one-time share kind of thing. So we ended up going with 1Password as our password management system for the family because once I've shared it with her, if I go in and change the password, it changes for her. I don't have to worry about updating her on, it automatically updates for her. They're adding that, so when this comes out in the fall and you're using iCloud passwords, if I share a password with Brandy, whether that be a standard password or a, uh, a uh, pass key that's gonna be starting coming up pretty soon, or if it is a, uh, uh, a code, You know, you get that one-time code to help secure your account, those codes. If I share any of those with Brandy and I update them, they will automatically update for her. They will stay in sync and stay updated.
1: Yes, which is a helpful
0: very, It's very helpful. Uh, It's going to save us because it's not expensive, but, you know, we pay 50, 60 bucks a year for 1Password. We already have iCloud, so that'll just be another savings on that. Of course, they're gonna be updating. The search is gonna be more relevant. It's gonna be faster, enhanced private browsing, all that kind of stuff. So there are a ton of stuff that is going to be extra, extra, they didn't even cover everything. They showed this giant screen of all the new things coming out, and there were these little bubbles everywhere of stuff they didn't even talk about in the keynote, right?
1: Yeah, so we'll talk more about that as these, these yeah,
0: features. That's the best, they, when they put out an OS update, they put out tons of updates that they don't really even talk about, but we don't have time to cover all that in a podcast. But pretty much essentially, that's it. Now, this is all launching in fall, usually around September is when it comes out. It'll be a simultaneous update. They will launch uh, iPad and iOS for the uh, Android. Uh, I think they called it Sonoma. I think so. For the Mac, for the, the, the actual de- the hard desktop hardware. And then your TV OS, you know, for Apple TV, that'll get updated. All of that will come out at the same time. In and around September, and you'll be able to try these new features for yourself.
1: Yeah, which, you know, Jonathan will laugh at me. That reminds me I should probably go ahead and upgrade to Ventura. Um, I yeah. haven't done that yet. I am always a late adopter of updating to the latest operating system because it just irritates me. Um, so, oh, I'm and, typical you know, like that.
0: I'm going to pull the Apple thing. We have one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> and this is so funny because because we didn't mention it but this is what made my wife decide to go ahead and use an Apple watch. That's true.
1: They are going to allow you to have a Snoopy and Woodstock watch face. Um, (laughs) I I basically got my husband's hand-me-down Apple watch. It's a little bigger than I would like because it's the 44 millimeter and I absolutely hate the band that's on it, but you know that can be fixed. But once I found out after watching this keynote that I could put Snoopy on my watch, I was sold. Um, I'm a huge Snoopy fan and you know, I can't wait to have an actual Snoopy watch because I've been thinking about getting a Snoopy watch again. I've had one in the past and you know, I've always worn them out. So this time I can change it with my mood. I can have a different Snoopy for every day of the week if I want. <laughs> so, yes, that that made me very happy.
0: All right, that's it for us this time. This has been the Binary Atlas podcast. We appreciate you listening. Uh, Again, down at the bottom in the show, there'll be a link to the show notes where you guys can go read up on some of the stuff that I wrote down. Also, don't forget, we have binaryatlas.com, which is our website where you can go and read some articles and things we've done there. We also have our YouTube channel. If you go to youtube.com slash at binaryatlas, you will have our YouTube channel there in front of you with all the videos and things I've done over the past. And we hope you guys enjoyed it and we will see you next time.